Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, September 2nd, 2021. We all have cravings in our lives that we come to realize are not very healthy things. And sometimes these things can be very simple and physical. Uh, From the church office, uh, the closest and most convenient place to slip out and grab a quick lunch is Burger King. Uh, It's very, very close to the church offices. You can drive through. It's usually pretty uh, quick. You don't even have to get out of your car. It can be very inexpensive. And boom, you're back working quickly. And even for a time, there were were days where I would be craving, uh, you know, something from Burger King. But the more I did that, the more I started to realize that's an unhealthy craving. Sure, it was quick. Sure, it was convenient. Sure, it was inexpensive. And some days it was tasty. But then I would notice I wasn't as productive in those afternoons. And I would go home from work just feeling more run down than I normally did. And sometimes that would even stretch into the same day. And I started to realize personally, I wasn't getting any younger, only getting older. And I started to see this is an unhealthy craving. Uh, Getting Burger King for lunch is not helping me out. And we've probably all had things like that in our lives, but ultimately that's something that might be helpful physically, but there are things that are far more serious. There are cravings that we have that will not just make our un our afternoons unproductive. There are cravings that we have that if we give into, they can seriously ruin our lives, our relationships, our families, and our churches. So we're going to see three unhealthy cravings that we are warned about in our reading today. And we're going to start by seeing the first two of them in 1 Timothy chapter 6. And as we go there, we'll actually see this phrase. And uh, starting in the middle of verse 2, Paul tells Timothy, teach and urge these things. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words, which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. And so there we see a warning about people that have an unhealthy craving for controversy. And some of these clearly, mainly what he has in view here are false teachers that are not teaching the right gospel and all they want to do is argue. And sometimes we need to realize that even engaging with these people can be a waste of time because by engaging with them and disagreeing with them, uh, we're giving them what they want because they have this unhealthy craving for controversy. And so we need to be warned about that unhealthy craving on a couple levels. Uh, First and foremost, are we people that have an unhealthy craving for controversy? Do you love to debate just for debate's sake? Do you love to argue just for argument's sake? That can be a dangerous tendency when not controlled. 
Or does that draw us into endless debates with people that are the ones described in this passage? That's kind of the other way we need to guard against this is to some extent wasting our time debating with people that that's all that they want to do. And we need to sometimes realize I'm not getting anywhere. I've done what I can do by voicing the truth. But at this point now, I've done what I can do. And to to do anything further is probably actually unhelpful. And so that's the first unhealthy craving that we need to watch out against. But we start to get towards the second one as it talks about these false teachers. They imagine that godliness is a means of gain. And then it says, but godliness with contentment is great gain for we brought nothing into the world and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and it is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs." And so there we see another craving that we are warned against is the love of money and the desire to be rich. And uh, these are things that we must guard our own hearts against. And all of us, we should not say, well, that's not a problem for me. No, we should all guard our hearts against this. I remember recently reading through the story of the rich young ruler with my children and uh, seeing Jesus tell his disciples, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. It is hard for a rich person to be saved and trying to explain to my children that basically my family and just about everybody we know, if you really think of it in a global perspective or a historical perspective, we're rich compared to most people in the world, even just because of where we live and the society and the country in which we live. And I think All of us need to watch out for those deceitful roots of the love of money that can try to snake their ways into our hearts. And we need to be reminded of this encouragement towards contentment, towards being content with what we have. So I would encourage you to examine your own heart today. Look at your family, look at your possessions, look at your home. Are you content with what you have? Or are you just craving more? And that's where, you know, we want to qualify everything and say, well, it's not wrong to want more. It's not wrong to want to improve things. It's not wrong to desire to, you know, if you are raising a family to pass along something better to your kids or your grandkids or things like that. But we need to be careful. The love of money and the desire to be rich are very dangerous things. And even as we think through our children or your children's children, we want to make sure, hey, one thing we're passing along to them is contentment uh, and is an appreciation for what God has given us. Because we live in a world that is dominated by the love of money, that is dominated by the desire to be rich. And all around you, there are people that are being led into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires just because they want more. So guard your own heart against that today in light of what we read in 1 Timothy 6. Uh, Next, let's go to Proverbs chapter 4 through 7, where we're going to see our next unhealthy craving. And in three of these chapters, 
there is a very clear and even extended warning against sexual sin. And that is clearly another craving that is very prominent and even dominant in our culture. Uh, Sexual immorality is everywhere. It is praised. But here, this is something that the father of Proverbs wants to warn his son about. And he warns that this craving, it might be desirable. It might feel good in the moment. What it leads to is death. And in each of these warnings in chapters five, chapter six, and chapter seven, we'll see that it's saying, hey, look at where this ends. Um, Look at in chapter five, starting in verse seven. And now, O sons, listen to me and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Keep your way far from her, this forbidden woman. And do not go near the door of her house, lest you give your honor to others and your years to the merciless, lest strangers take their fill of your strength and your labors go to the house of a foreigner. And at the end of your life, you groan when your flesh and body are consumed and how you say how I hated discipline and my heart despised reproof. I did not listen to the voice of my teachers or incline my ear to my instructors. I am at the brink of utter ruin in the assembled congregation. So there's just one of the warnings against this type of sin. And again, notice that the father doesn't say, hey, son, the world wants to tempt you into sexual sin. It's it's not all it's cracked up to be. It's, you know, it's not enjoyable at all. And sex is a bad thing. No, he doesn't say those things. He says, no, when we pursue it in the wrong way with the wrong person, it's devastating in its effects. And then there's the encouragement to pursue this in the right way, uh, to pursue God's design for sex, which is through the commitment of marriage. And that's what we see starting in verse 15, drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. And so that's where we need to resist an unhealthy craving just to indulge ourselves and to pursue the world's patterns of sexual immorality, but we need to pursue God's plan and seek fulfillment there. And again, it's another lesson in contentment. And I think there's connection between these things. When we're craving for more in a material sense, sometimes that's a similar thing going on in our hearts when we're craving more uh, when, when it comes to intimacy or, or sexual relationships, right? When we're craving more, God has called us, no, be content with what you have. As it says here, we need to pursue, uh, rejoice in the wife of your youth, And so there we see these three warnings towards unhealthy cravings, the unhealthy craving of controversy, the unhealthy craving for riches, and an unhealthy craving um, for sexual immorality. And so we need to watch all of our own hearts as we consider those things and the effects that they might have upon us. Next, let's go just to a few verses in Luke 16, Luke 16, 14 through 18. And here we're going to see another one of those cravings come up again. And starting in verse 14, it's right up front saying, the Pharisees who were lovers of money heard all these things and they ridiculed him. So they are not responding to Jesus' teaching. Why? Because they love money. So there we see why were the Pharisees so resistant to Jesus? One of the factors was they loved money. They wanted to be rich. They were rich and they wanted to protect that. And I doubt they were content with the riches that they had. They probably wanted more. 
And then Jesus says something interesting, starting in verse 16, the law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached and everyone forces his way into it. Now, that's a very interesting statement, and there's a lot of debate about what that means. I do think the best way is, you know, while these rich Pharisees are ignoring this good news of the kingdom of God, there's a lot of poor, oppressed sinners that are rushing their way into the kingdom in response to what Jesus is teaching. And then we see something else connected to one of our other cravings, where it says, everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. And he who marries a woman divorced from her husband commits adultery. And there we're reminded of, you know, rejoice in the wife of your youth. Pursuing divorce just because we're not being fulfilled and pursuing that with someone else, that is adultery, that is sexual immorality, and that is something that Christians should forsake. Finally, let's go back to Psalm 104 and verses 19 through 28. And it's another powerful expression, even just of the world and how we see God working in the world. And it should all inspire us to praise God. Remember, it starts with, bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. That's kind of the, the banner over this whole Psalm. And today we see more of it. It talks about the moon to mark the seasons, uh, the darkness and the night when the creatures go about in the forest and then the sun rises, man goes out to work, just all the rhythms of life and seeing that God is the one behind it all. So today, let's look out at the world. Let's see God's hand in it. Let's rejoice in it and let's be content in it. And let's not uh, give in to these unhealthy cravings for more in all these areas, but rejoice in what God has given us and go out to live for him and pursue him. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.